Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The views and opinions expressed by hosts, invited speakers, and callers do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the Black Talk Media Project or the Black Talk Radio Network. It comes with a price tag. You were slave to a flag in a country that clearly doesn't love you when they probably never have. Told you turn the other cheek. And they made it with a bat. Fucking protesting them sit-ins. Told you go fight in the war. Vietnam, you died good riddance. The man of the house rule took you from your siblings. Turned around a pump crack right up in your city. And they just turned all your leaders to martyrs. You was off in the war. Now who was guarding your daughters? It was riots in the streets. Killed Malcolm and Martin. Called the National Guard up because we ride with our guard up. And that was blood in your guard. The second amendment don't apply to you. Everything that they taught you was a lie to you. See, they get in your skin and they die in the shoot. Take the American dream and then you die to be sick. One day it'll all make sense. If it ain't about power, then it don't make sense. But none of that money matters when you live in madness. The one that you figure out that all you got is this. Peace, love, and the middle fingers. Good afternoon. You are tuned in to Black Talk Radio News. My name is Scotty Reed. I'm broadcasting from behind the enemy lines known as USA Inc. At least it's known by those who frequently listen to this program. They know what I'm talking about when I'm talking about USA Inc. And and that is just a a term I come up with, which is accurate. Um, USA, of course, stands for United States of America. Uh, Inc. stands for Incorporated. And so uh, USA Inc. is a corporation. And I think there's a lot of confusion about this corporation uh, because it's being referred to as a nation and, you know, under God and all this and this and, uh, you know, liberty and justice for all. And here we are in 2015 and no one can um, present a logical uh, argument or any supporting evidence to support their arguments that that has been achieved that this corporation if that was what it truly set out to do which we know it it did not we know who they call their founding fathers we we know they were racist white supremacists so they were not having non-white people um you know envision and all this liberty and freedom and, and, and justice for all. There was no equality and there's still uh, no equality. And so anyway, we're going to talk about some of that inequality today. Today's day is July 28, 2015. Let me go ahead and get the phone numbers out. 
I did check the calendar this morning and I'm pretty confident we do not have a guest scheduled for you today except for you, the listeners, those who support the network. Uh, a big shout out to you all. Just got about three donations in the past week. You know who you are. Much appreciated. Uh, Black Talk Media Project is independent black media. And if we want that, if we say we need that, then we have to support that. All right. And um, I, I have some big visions um, for the Black Talk Media Project as an education uh, center and a communication center. So today we're going to talk about some of the inequality. And if you want to talk about it, uh, the number to get in is 530-881-1400. The participant code is 549032-POUND. You can hit star six and one. And of course, that'll signal me that you want to comment on on air. You can also use the web-based flash phone, of course. There's a button, there's a link that says listen or call in with web-based flash phone, or you click on the image that says call the show, and that will open up that web-based flash phone, which is free call from anywhere in the world as long as you have a pair of headsets. It is uh, through your computer, through the internet. The NYPD, I know a lot of people within my social circles that I follow, follow me, uh, we're connected and, you know, we sh exchange information. And so I know a lot of those who are in my circle on social media and in the circle of, of Black Talk Radio Network. Um, we have seen this video that came out of Flatbush, New York, of this black man. He looked fairly young, but you never can tell with black people how old they they really are. Uh, he could have been in his 40s and just looked like he was in his 20s or, or, or whatnot. You know, you heard the old saying, black don't crack. But he, he was a young man and he was just beaten. He was just beaten down by um, I think this was a Latino, probably classifies herself as white European Spaniard or something like that. Um, she was seen throwing punches MMA style to a man who was already subdued on the ground not resisting we don't even know the man's name yet we don't even know why they apprehended him but there were like 16 cops on on the scene eventually 16 showed up so they had to be on the scene on the premises of target as uh, quick as they came into the frame of the video when the Target shoppers, predominantly a black community, because Flatbush is a predominantly black community. A lot of Caribbean immigrants live in Flatbush from the research I was doing yesterday, uh, trying to, you know, get some background information, some historical information, because it's always good to make them historical connections to racism in any geographical area. But it is a predominant, it is a predominantly, um, African descendant, uh, community from, from different parts of the planet. And so they didn't like what they were seeing. There, there was this female Latino cop. She was throwing haymakers on this guy who already had at least three people on him with their knees all in his ribs, all in his back, all in his neck, uh, one, a uh, white male cop was like, you know, kneeing the guy in the head. Why, you know, his head is on, you might as well call it a concrete floor. Just, just kneeing the guy. Just kneeing. Again, I didn't see the guy trying to resist. I mean, it's hard. How can you resist? You got that many people piled on top of you. Then another one, the one who was throwing knees also 
was throwing punches. It was a game. It was a game style beatdown. Game style beatdown. Now Flatbush is in the district, the Brooklyn voting district, and that has uh, Prosecutor Ken Thomas is is in that that district. We just, I think, a caller brought him up yesterday on a, on the program, and the integrity unit that he has, and he's investigated some of these, you know, retired cops who have framed people, who have also been involved in, you know, just, let's just sweep it under the label terrorism. Scarcella, I think, is his name, you know, and, and he's having his office go through and overturn some of them, you know, convictions, looking at the evidence and the integrity. And he's been rightly, you know, cited for his work towards justice in that particular area. Now, how quick will it be for, um, before and if, you know, we, we can't assume, will he bring charges against at least two of those cops? I mean, we could make the argument since, you know, this we're talking about the NYPD, it is a gang. All right. So you have a whole bunch of people. You know, jump on this man and, you know, just totally violate it. None of it was necessary. None of it was necessary. And then once the crowd, you know, said like, hey, stop that. Stop hitting him, you know, yelling and, and kept moving closer in on those five cops that was on him. Then all of a sudden you see at least 16 other cops rush into the frame and surround the cops that's beating up the black man on the ground and then keeping the crowd back, keeping the crowd back, including black cops. Y'all know how I feel about proxy racism, and, and I'll explain how it works. But I saw some black cops in, in there. Instead of breaking up this or stopping this assault on this unarmed, defenseless citizen, and pulling their fellow officers off of this man and saying, hey, don't take all that. You know, you're going overboard. Or you're actually assaulting him. Now, I don't expect them to arrest him. But they should if they were practicing justice. They witnessed an assault. They should arrest those those uh, at least two suspects you can make a, pro, a strong case for. But that's not what they did. No, they told the crowd to get back. And let the assault continue. So again, you know, you're going to tell me that all 16 of those people were good cops? Are you going to tell me that all of those target shoppers that saw something wrong and said something? And again, they they were nonviolent, as people pointed out, but they were very vocal and aggressive with their vocals. In their body language. I mean, if you have a crowd closing in on you, of course, it's more citizens than there are cops. And then you got, you know, more citizens than cops and they're closing in. That's going to make a cop nervous. And it should make them nervous. You're committing crime and, and people are saying, no, that's incorrect. Black lives do matter. And that's what it all boils down to is black lives do matter. To some people, and apparently that man's life mattered to those black people that was in there. So, it, you know, it's more than I've heard the criticism of the slogan, and it is a slogan, but we live in a microwave, you know, society. 
where slogans rule the day. That's how, you know, modern mass media works, headlines and, and things like that. So it's clever. But some people say, you know, and not in not that they're incorrect, but that black lives don't matter. No, it don't matter to the white supremacists. We know that. We don't know. We know it doesn't matter to the proxy racists, the tools, the non-white tools that's upholding the system. And, you know, participating in these crimes as accessories. And some of them are, are, are the primary suspects in some of these vicious attacks. So I, I, I want to throw that out there. Again, we don't have a guest, so it's open lines. Any news you have to report. I got many thoughts on that. On, on that. We'll, of course, play the video. I'm not going to play the entire video. It's like 16 minutes long. It's a long video. You need to watch the video. You know, all I can share with you is the audio. But it, it was very inspiring. Those people said Black Lives Matter. Those uh, activists outside of the Black Lives Matter conference in Cleveland when that 14-year-old boy was being arrested, they said Black Lives Matter, and they stepped up and used what tools that they, that they had their physical bodies and their voices to intimidate the police. See, that intimidation thing can go both ways. But I don't really think that calling an act of, of civil society, people, you know, who see something wrong and saying something about it. No, I, I wouldn't use that word. But they're standing up. They're standing up. And if the crooks are intimidated by, you know, people calling out their mistreatment and being a witness to their crimes and saying something, every last one of those people are witnesses. They need to, you know, be contacting Ken Thompson and saying, I witnessed this crime. So that you can be called upon to testify. Of course, we got the video. But we need more than the video. We need we need people, witnesses to step up. That's not snitching. That doesn't you know fall under snitching. You can't snitch on the enemy. You know what I'm saying. So that's not among the ten basic stops. Again, we have to you know apply logic. Can't apply everything to because there are certain situations and circumstances that where you know you have to make exceptions or deviate or whatnot. So that's not snitching when when you know you step forward and report the crime that you see of these 21st century uh, neo slave catchers. Flatbush has an interesting background. It has a history of in slavery. Of course, it's a Dutch colony. They were big in, in human trafficking. I believe they also are, you know, their descendants are in South Africa right now. I think King Leopold, you know, the one of the most, you know, vicious, most vicious uh, criminals in the history of man, King Leopold. I, I'm not sure if he was Dutch or Belgium. Might have been Belgium. But the, yeah, yeah, Flatbush was established originally as a Dutch colony engaging in human trafficking and of course New York City NYPD the city entire government there are conspiring to uh, practice human trafficking legalize human trafficking well you know and it's not that it's it's even legal 
is that when the law enforcers and the prosecutors and the politicians and and all, you know, parts of the government are all participating in these crimes, well, then who's going to enforce the crime? I mean, who who's going to enforce the law? Who's going to bring these people to justice? And they have shown throughout history that they usually do not bring themselves to justice. We have isolated cases we can point to where, you know, like a Ken Thompson with the uh, integrity unit, conviction integrity. There was some other, there was another uh, black prosecutor in Texas, but he didn't win re-election. But it's always good to put these, you know, places where these things are going down in a historical perspective, because then you can see the unbroken chain going back hundreds of years of the brutal mistreatment and enslavement of African descending people on this continent and not other non-whites to a lesser extent. And of course, then you got, you know, what the uh, refined white supremacists in, in his circles refer to as the poor white trash. We've had plenty of politicians, senators, presidents, former presidents and stuff. I think Ralph was bringing that up yesterday about George Wallace, what he said about, you know, poor white people. They are trash. But as long as you make them think that, well, you know, your life is better than these black folks, then they, they settle for that. As they think they're getting a per perks. Well, they are getting perks. But they're also being victimized. And we talked about that yesterday. Anyway. Another story that caught my eye. Of course, y'all know I've been talking about it because I live in the South. I live in North Carolina. The county I live in uh, was part of the Confederacy. As well as two neighboring counties. Lincolnton and, and Cleveland County where they caught their terrorist uh, Dylan Roof. I've been uh, making that part of my reports. And so uh, we've been talking about these racist white supremacist monuments in front of our courthouses, in front of our polling places, giving places of honor in the public domain, which is taxpayer funded, black people funding it, white people funding it. that may not want think that it's correct to promote white supremacy like that and honor racist, rapists, murderers enslavers human traffickers you know all the things we tell kids that you know this is evil that's what we say today you know the united states state department just came out with its list of of countries and their level of involvement in human trafficking and they put them in different tiers i was just reading that yesterday i think it's like three tiers or four tiers and you know there was some question about whether or not you know, they upgraded Thailand or one of, one of those European nations that they want to be in the Trans-Pacific Partnership, the TPP, that uh, has been talked about on this network. So they upgraded them. I read an article about that yesterday, and some people are alleging that you only upgraded them because you want them to be in this Trans-Pacific Partnership agreement. And then the whole while, you know, the United States is, is engaged in more human trafficking and slavery. But the, the caveat is it's, it's illegal. 
I mean, it's legal. As per the 13th Amendment, we can say that it, the Constitution does, in fact, make this legalized human trafficking. People want to believe, you know, myths about the Civil War ending the question of slavery in this country. All they want to, well, there was, as, as in the case of most wars, when you have different, quote unquote, nations or corporations, if you will, they go to war with each other and then they decide to have ceasefire and or, you know, one surrenders. There's still a negotiation process and concessions. And one of the concessions that Lincoln made to the Confederacy was that they could practice slavery and enslave Africans by passing laws and putting them in prison. Then you can get that free labor once again. There, you could you could bring on any so-called scholar, whoever, American scholar on American history, whatever. Bring them on to to debate me, and I have engaged engaged these people on Twitter when they put out their articles and stuff, and, and ask about inquiring about the Thirteenth Amendment. And so that's what these things stand for, these white supremacy. It stands for slavery. And so if we're going to dismantle the entire system of racism, race-based slavery, man, I mean, we need to finish some of the jobs that we start. And when I say that, I'm talking about wiping out the Confederacy. The federal government, again, with its compromise, had allowed these people to function as a shadow government and a part, actually is, you know, really a partnership for the continued enslavement of black folks. So we need to finish these jobs. And so I believe that when these young people, whoever's doing it, first of all, nobody's ever been arrested for any of these quote unquote crimes committed against these monuments by defacing them with graffiti, whatever. Nobody's been arrested. It's so far we know those could be white kids, anarchists. That could be anybody, but just saying Black Lives Matter. Just you anybody can use that slogan, you know, come on. Don't let's not be so naive to think. And in fact, you know, white people do on social media will use the hashtag Black Lives Matter when linking to a story or whatever. So it could be white people out there doing that. But whoever's doing it, I support it 100% as an act, a legitimate act of civil disobedience, not unlike the sit-ins that they had at the lunch counters. It was illegal, in fact, for black people to be able to sit at the counter and order a meal in Woolworths and, you know, other big retail outlets. And, 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 and you know, that was against the law. It was against ordinances, local ordinances, could uh, state laws, you know. So how's this? How is putting graffiti using accurate labels and words and terms? How is that any different? Or less noble than an act of civil disobedience. And, and, and I will point out, as I pointed out on social media, and at considerable less risk to their personal being, you know, 
those people who broke the law and sat in on them lunch counters that was getting spit on, getting stuff dumped on their heads, getting beat on, and then arrested. They were breaking the law. They were breaking the law. So these people, whoever's behind graffitiing up these these incorrect monuments to a, a traitorous nation that didn't last that long, whose primary reason for existence was to enslave black people. And it remains so today. That confederacy is still around. That shadow government. So we have to engage these people. We have to continue to press forward, always moving forward, instead of sitting on our hands doing nothing. I don't care how insignificant it may seem to you. If it, if you think it's significant, do it. And I think it's significant to send a message to young people all over this country, to people, no matter what their age, all over this planet, that pointing out that the United States supports white supremacy. There's your visual symbol right there. And we already have identified the, you know, those who have infiltrated the U.S. federal government. Again, there's always been a partnership, so I don't even know if it's accurate to say it was a shadow government because they've always been integrated. The Cows, Context of White Supremacy, one of the uh, media partners, independent stations on Black Talk Radio Network on Friday nights, have been uh, doing a book study on Ben Tillman. Well, Bill Tim, Ben Tillman, not only was a governor of South Carolina when, you know, but he also was a federal U.S. senator. Nobody in the federal government, they didn't suspend him. They didn't kick him out the Senate. They didn't punish him in any kind of way for his terrorist behavior, his law breaking and, 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 and all of that. So, I mean, there the historical evidence is out there. That the federal government has always worked with it or in the very least allowed the most vicious white supremacist racists among them to rain tyranny down on the heads of other U.S. citizens. But again, you know, time and time again, African scholars, our elders, I have heard say, you know, that's because you are not a citizen. You believe in, yeah, you paying taxes and all of that, and you, you know, are being held accountable for the different laws and that, but you are not a citizen. You are not a citizen. And there's there's evidence to support that, that argument, but the latest monument was targeted in Maryland, and so we talk about, I'll bring you some of the details on that. Um, also, it's being reported that Homeland Security and the FBI spot on Black Lives Matter activists. I don't see how this should shock anyone, especially anyone who listens to Black Talk Radio Network on a regular basis and primarily political prisoner radio where COINTELPRO is a often brought up subject on that program that comes on Sunday nights. 
for those who don't never heard of uh, COINTELPRO counterintelligence program. That's what that stands for. The FBI was running that to uh, target and disrupt movements of the 60s, of the, actually starting in the 50s, the 60s. In the seventies, J. Edgar Hoover, the uh, director of the FBI, had had a long run of terror. Had a long run. Had a whole lot of power. Some say that he had more power than presidents, cause he's spying on everybody. He, you know, got the goods on them. Them cheating on their mistresses or in other uncompromising positions. He has the recordings, and and so he could force them to do what he wanted them to do. Perhaps they tried to do that with Kennedy on, on some things and he didn't go for it. And that's why he did. He was like, I don't care. Everybody know I cheat on my wife and I, you know, have a very promiscuous uh, sex life. But, uh, you know, I don't think you can use it against me. So perhaps that's why they killed him. I, you know, they they didn't have any leverage on him. So it shouldn't be this long history of spying, not only on activists, not only on liberation movements, not only, you know, but on, on, on other uh, politicians, other members of the U.S. government. I mean, it's just total lawlessness. So it shouldn't surprise you that the FBI is being reported that the FBI since Ferguson has been spying on Black Lives Matter activists. I know they have. I know they've been listening to Black Talk Radio Network, different programs that have interviewed some of these activists during Ferguson, talked to people, you know, that was on the ground there, why they were on the ground. So, you know, I it, you got to expect that when you are doing anything publicly. Through the internet, podcasts, internet, radio, broadcasting, videos, vlogs, whatever they call those, anything, writing articles, all that, you know, that's why a lot of people use pseudonyms and, and you know, they use fake names because they don't want to feel the re repercussion putting out their point of view uh, may bring. So. It should come to no surprise with anyone who's been, you know, keeping up with these matters in people, uh, areas of activity that they spied on Black Lives Matter. They spied on the Occupy Wall Street movement. I remember reporting and, and being part of a production of a program that was uh, involved in the Occupy movement, Occupy the Microphone, and, you know, reporting the stories about the Houston activist that there was an uh, uncovered FBI plot to assassinate this guy. Nobody was arrested. Nobody went to jail. Nobody was prosecuted, of course. So it shouldn't be no surprise. And I do recall the sister who was shot in Ferguson in the face, and she said it was a cop. And witnesses said it, it, it was a, a Plains Coast cop. Say so they did a, a no, they might have also been in uniform. Now I can't recall the details. We have to look that story up. But I'm sure some of you recall that story. She was an activist. The photos, well, I mean, that was an international story. They had the photos of the sister in the neck brace in the, you know, on a stretcher, loaded up in the ambulance, been shot in the face. And people, you know, speculated then about was this really an assassination plot 
So the young protesters out there today, Black Lives Matter, those who use that that label, but all those, you know, who are struggling out there in the streets right now, meet, you know, your elders, Black Panther Party uh, members, Black Liberation Army members. Find out which ones are in, in prison. Like uh, Jamil Alameen, also known as H. Rap Brown. Many, many, many others. Learn about them. Because they victims of what you're going through right now. It's the same play. It's coming out the same playbook. They ain't changed nothing. And that's why I don't understand. Well, I shouldn't say I don't understand. But I should point out that, see, we are not as developed in our counter-war strategies that the same old chicks keep working. Controlling our, our leaders through money. Giving them grants and stuff like that. I talked about that yesterday. I, I'm not making an accusation against that sister. And it's good I don't recall her name. Because she probably only in her, her early 20s. And she thought she was doing something. She wanted to do something. And here is this white organization giving out, you know, this money and leadership training. And, you know, she applied and she got it. And she means to do, but we know that it from the past, studying the past, that's how they get hooks. Hooks in our people, and that's how they have our youth growing up to support their agenda instead of supporting a black agenda. So, again, the phone lines are open today. Any news you want to talk about, we don't have a guest scheduled today. Um... I'm also feeling a little under weather today. Well, I did not sleep well last night and uh, kind of have um, some stress going on. Um, I talked about that yesterday, you know, coming across black folks who who seem to sincerely hate other black people on this virtual highway. You know, we come across people on social media. And so, you know, that just causes me stress. When I see in here, or I'm reading, actually, we're talking about the virtual highway. I'm reading the same racist talking points coming out of a black person's mouth. And sometimes I will check, but, you know, trying to get away from squabbling and wasting time, I no longer really do that. But some of these people, I'm, you know, you could just hover over their stuff and see how many black friends they have. And if you wanted to, you go through their pictures and make sure you're actually dealing with a black person and, and looking at, you know, the groups they belong to in their activity. You're doing surveillance. <laughs> the FBI doing it. The local police doing it. I do it, too. OK, and and, and but. When I'm dealing with legitimate, I mean, I know these people are, are black people. I have been passing them by on a virtual highway called Facebook, Twitter, whatever, for a couple of years now. And I know these are real black, bona fide, flesh and blood black people. But I'm hearing and seeing racist, white supremacist, political talking points, propaganda slogans and, and just misinformation being given out that by other black people that just man brings me a level of stress that I feel you know like a pressure in my temple so 
I got to get I got to figure out a way to lessen that stress. And um, I don't see any way to do that. But anyway, anyway, I do not feel that stress when I'm dealing with racist suspects or people I have confirmed and put them on my checklist of being a confirmed white supremacist. I man, they don't cause me no stress. It doesn't cause me any stress when Hillary Clinton says something incorrect or I find out this and that new about her that connects to her past crimes and shows a pattern and practice of practicing slavery, you know, whenever she says something that's messed up, I don't feel a level of stress. No, I take apart what she says. I'll hopefully I'll do an article. I'll do a broadcast and put that information out there of what this woman is doing. But I don't feel any stress because I expect a, a, a person who have I have confirmed to be a believer in a true believer in white supremacy and practices it. I just don't feel anything except for a need to want to, you know, destroy them utterly. But because I don't, I guess because I don't want to destroy other black people, but I see, you know, how they are harming other black people and helping white supremacists. That brings me stress. So if you got <laughs> maybe I could do some of the breathing exercises uh, that I heard uh, on the Lotus Place radio show one night they were doing, you know, breathing exercises. So maybe that's what I need to do when I encounter black people who sincerely I feel like sincerely hate other black people. You're listening to Black Talk Radio News. My name is Scotty Reed, of course. The telephone number is 530-881. 1400 let me get that out again some because i have heard people say you know i give it out too fast but it's 530-881-1400 the access code 549-032 pound of course star six one to comment on air for those already hanging out with us and listening today you can also use that web-based flash phone uh, but I'm going to uh, take a station identification break. Check this out. Uh, what What's today? Today's Tuesday, right? And so this Saturday will be the first Saturday of the month. So if you live in the Houston um, area in Texas, you need to stay tuned through this break um, coming right up. Um, stay tuned because there is some, you know, unity building exercises going on in, in your city. And that's also teaching some survival skills and you know it's not going to cost you anything but some time and i think if you invest your time you'll be um well rewarded um let me see looks like we got max uh calling in what's going on brother max peace scotty reed how's it going brother hey just about to go to a break can i hold you over through the break and come back and we'll hear what's on your mind most certainly all right. Okay. Again, you're listening to Black Talk Radio News. My name is Scotty Reed, broadcasting from behind the enemy lines of USA Inc. We'll be right back. In a state of vanglorious, as we are protected by the red, the black, and the green. Heed the words of the brother. Houston. 
Houston, Texas, you are invited to the Sundiata Coley Shaka Sankofa Community Garden on the first Saturday of the month up until September to learn gardening skills from the head gardener and build together with the community. They are looking for people to come out ready to work and get their hands dirty. You do not have to have any experience in gardening. All food grown from the garden is available to the community. The garden was named after Sundiata Akoli, who is a political prisoner that has been enslaved for more than 40 years, and comrade in struggle, Shaka Sankofa, who was killed June 22, 2000. Sundiata, when asked what we can do in support of the political prisoner, said, build a garden. We must be able to do for self in the name of self-determination. The garden is located at 2428 Sophomore in Houston, Texas. Again, come out on the first of every month starting around 7 o'clock a.m. If you have an event that is free and open to the public and want to announce it on Black Talk Radio, Send an email to admin at blacktalkradionetwork.com. This is Brother Elliot. First of time for an awakening and you're listening to Black Talk Radio Network, new media for the new millennium. And welcome back to Black Talk Radio News. Scotty Reed again is in for this broadcast from behind these enemy lines. And I'm spoken, I'm excuse me, I am speaking right now on the line with us, not only a member of the Black Talk Radio Network broadcast family, a world renowned spoken word artist, uh, as well as a 21st century abolitionist and we got uh max parthis the uh host of and producer one of the co-hosts and producers of new abolitionist radio so max what is on your mind you got any news you want to drop on us uh you got a viewpoint on something that you know we're talking about what's going on with your brother yes uh actually i have both brother scotty okay um, uh, i have news and views uh first I, I guess i'll go with the views I've noticed that we have a lot of hearings going on now where senators and congressmen are talking to policemen in these hearings and trying to get their opinions of what's going on and uh, addressing the issues of modern day slavery, but they call it mass incarceration, of course, and police brutality. But the way they're going about it seems to me to be self-defeating. It usually starts out with them praising the great job right. that police are doing and telling them how much they appreciate them, how much they're risking their lives for us. And then they turn around and start asking them about the crimes that are being committed. And that's kind of defeating the purpose. If you're praising them for so much of a good job, then they must not be doing nothing wrong, right? And that's how the police are looking at it. Like, you know, you just said, thank you very much. So what could I possibly be doing wrong? And then they bring out these uh, ridiculous representatives of the uh, police force, like the sheriff out there in Milwaukee, in a city where one in every two black men are incarcerated, 
in a state that leads the nation in incarceration for black men and use him as an example of what police should be doing and who has the best opinion of policing. Again, it's self-defeating. It seems to me they're trying to put a narration out that is totally against what is the truth. Yeah, that's true. And you're talking about David, what's his name? Uh, yeah, David Ashat. Pardon me. David Ashat. You know, he's like one of the worst people in the world. When it yeah, comes I've written to about him. Black people. Uh, we all know that he has a white wife. He has and a I white think parent, that has too. It's a lot to do with his opinions and stances. He lives in a white community with his white wife and his white life, and black lives simply do not matter to him. So yeah. that, that's my view. And my news is something that we found out just recently is that Canada now is starting to adopt the American model of prison slavery. And we just recently started an abolitionist movement in Canada with a friend of ours by the name of uh, Flavio Morisco out in Canada. He asked me what he could do to help. And we found out by mistake. I, I mean, I wasn't looking for that. He said, what can I do to help with the abolitionist movement from in Canada? And I just did a quick Google search and found out that right now they are in the early stages with the GEO group of negotiating private prisons in Canada and their arrest rates for African-Americans or, or Africans in, uh, in black. I think they call them Afro-Canadians. Uh, yeah. Canadians. I mean, Has, we just in, yeah use whatever. Yeah, it's increased 69 percent in recent years. So mm -hmm. they're already starting to do the same thing in Canada that they're doing here. It's spreading like a is, cancer, man. Globally. Yeah, it's genocide and it's slavery. It's and like a traffic. virus. If you plotted it out on a map, you know, for you graphic artists out there, you you know, people that's good with these computer and animations and whatnot, do a graph, you know, do a graph on the spread of legalized 21st century slavery and human trafficking. Again, you know, as I stated earlier, Max, you know, the United States State Department just came out with its ranking of these different nations and their involvement in human trafficking. And they have them like, you know, in these tiers. And, and it's all based on U.S. standards. Well, I'm like, well, damn, <laughs> the whole list is no good because if you're talking about U.S. standards, you're talking about you're talking about a corporation that along with other little, you know, smaller corporations is enslaving and engaging in more human trafficking than any of these nations they're pointing a finger at and listening in this tier group. And if again, you know, they can't be any worse than the United States. It's absolutely frightening the way things are occurring so rapidly, Scotty, as we've shown on our program, New Abolitionist Radio. This phenomenon is really only 45 years old in the way that it's been operating. And in 45 years, it's managed to encompass much of the globe. And the entire nation of Australia is for-profit private prisons. And now it's moving into Canada. It's in Israel where they house the Palestinians in geo groups facilities. Africa's largest employer is a prison company. It's going across the entire globe and it's only 45 freaking years old. And these are private prison industries that have grown up to be these huge global monstrosities. And it seems like nobody wants to take a stand against them. We can't get one politician, including Bernie Sanders, to say a single word about private prisons for profit.
Well, we know Hillary Clinton, as we, you know, have been reporting through our, again, social media accounts, New Abolitionist Radio, Black Talk Radio Network, this program, New Abolitionist Radio, uh, reporting that, you know, Hillary Clinton's fundraisers, big bundlers and, and whatnot, um, have ties to the GEO group. They have ties to the Croatian corporations. And so they, yesterday on the program, we were talking about lobbying, you know, do African Americans, whatever label they want to go by, black people, non white people have an effective political lobbying group that where they're sitting down, you know. Now I, I keep thinking about, and I'm going to get them on the program, my brother Chris, uh, uh, Irvin up there, Christopher Irvin up there in, in Maryland, uh, Baltimore, Maryland, where they just defaced another white supremacist a monument um he has been lobbying we have interviewed him he goes to these state senators offices makes appointments tries to have lunch goes to these different functions and he's lobbying he's a one-man lobby you know group for black issues in 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 the state of maryland but as on an organizational scale man if we had a hundred if we had organizations with someone experienced like him that knows how to lobby, knows the ins and outs and things of that nature, had him heading it, heading it, then we're playing. Now we're talking. Now we're getting into the fight. Now we're getting into the political fight. Now black people can have, have a political organization that solely exists to advance their issues that they can donate money to. You know, whatever the election laws say, 5000 per person, up to 5000 per person, or they could just send in $10, $5, whatever they can to support an organization that full-time will hire full-time lobbyists, that that's all they do is meet and confront these politicians on why they're uh, supporting this particular bill, um, you know, uh, pushing this legislation because lobbyists get the right legislation well hell we got we're smart enough to write legislation we got expert people on laws and in and, and things of that nature so you know that uh, you know there's just another area to consider i mean there are need fuller says there are nine areas of people activity that are important and i look at it all as a global battlefield and so how can you ignore any any you know uh part of of war of the war effort you know so in, anyway before i uh, go back to the phone lines um i do want to just play briefly this video of these flatbush uh nypd seven seventies precinct they have a history i did some research on them that is the uh precinct of the Nazi thugs of the NYPD that was caught on video yesterday or sometime the day before on video just really unnecessarily brutalizing this man to take him in, into custody. I don't know what the man was accused of. It doesn't matter. He's a, anything is an allegation. He has to have his day in court. But, you know, regardless of that, his brutal treatment at the hands of these gang members these people should be facing charges. This is also in the district of Prosecutor Ken Thompson, a black man who has been getting good marks for the integrity unit, you know, conviction integrity unit and overturning some of these these convictions that these rogue terrorist cops have set up people on. So he's getting high marks on this. So I guess now he's on the clock. You know, people are looking to see what is Ken Thompson going to do. I don't I haven't even heard his name mentioned in any of the reports or 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 by anyone except for, you know, what I have put out there. 
that is his district. And we have talked about Ken Thompson on Black Talk uh, Radio. So here is the uh, art, some uh, a bit of the audio of these thugs jumping on this unarmed black man, about five of them, and then uh, they were surrounded by Target shoppers who did not like how they were mistreating this man and violating his rights. stop it there like i said earlier um this clip is like 14 minutes long 15 minutes long and again proxy racism people want to ignore non-white people's role in upholding this system of racism i'm looking at the video which i linked to so i hope y'all had a chance to watch it too but i'm looking at another black cop supervising supervising he got sergeant stripes on he's supervising i don't see anybody else out there with higher rank than this big black man that i'm looking he looked like he about six two six three six four two hundred and something pound big burly black man he's supervising everything i see some asian cops i see some latino cops i see some other black cops but the but the thugs who started it were white. One was a Latino, but she probably classified herself as white, Spaniard, something European, you know. And, and so she's throwing punches. And then there's another white male, probably based on the research I did on the demographics of Flatbush, probably Irish American or Italian of, of American descent. But I know this one guy, he could be Asian or or Hispanic. Now I've only looked at, I've only just played for you there. A minute and 30 and as you can hear all the citizens coming to this man's rescue and saying stop 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 hitting him stop doing this stop doing all of these cops this one person oh i mean it's like a whole it's like man a platoon okay for those that's ever been in in, in the military this was a platoon this wasn't a squad this was a platoon a platoon typically has 
I mean, a squad typically has anywhere from six to seven members in a squad. There are four squads to a platoon. This was a freaking platoon. This was a platoon, again, out of the 70th precinct. This is a predominantly black town. A lot of Caribbean uh, um, people, you know, from the diaspora part of the Caribbean live there. A lot of black immigrants and whatnot. And this is how they are being being treated and manhandled. But I'm very encouraged because they stood up. They made them stop. They made them stop. So they didn't choke them out like they did Eric Gardner. They didn't, you know, call, uh, fold them up like origami, like Freddie Gray and break his spine and whatnot. But I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I'm only looking at the video. I don't know what kind of injuries this young man may have with all them knees to his spine, all them knees to his rib, them knees to his head, them punches to his, to his head. All that weight on top of him. He's lucky. That that crowd probably saved his life. Before I go to the phone lines, did you have some commentary, Max? Uh just you saw to say the video? That, yeah, I saw the video and I also want to let to let people know about what's about to happen out in Cincinnati regarding Sam Du Bois uh and the video of him being killed, his face literally being blown off is about to re- be released. And uh, the city of Cincinnati is very concerned about rioting's beginning. Yeah, That's I got how... that bookmarked. I, I was going to talk about it later, but we'll, right, certainly... well I'll leave it alone. And, and the, the final thing that I want to mention is in regards to what you've been saying about these black white people, <laughs> you know, I guess that's the best way to say it. You know, these black people practicing white supremacy. There's a long list of names in high places. And if you think that they don't know what's going on around them, then I really don't know what to tell you. The head of the Federal Bureau of Prisons, Charles E. Samuel Jr., is a black man. Eric Holder, Loretta Lynch, Barack Obama, Christopher Epps, David Clark, that sheriff we was talking about, Condoleezza Rice, Thurgood Marshall Jr., Clarence Thomas. All of these people are brilliant. They know exactly what they're doing, and including the groups, too. Like on Rikers Island, which we reported on a lot over the past few years, two-thirds of the correctional officers there are black uh, people. And in Detroit, two thirds of the police are black. And in Mississippi, the correctional staff where the whole prison is corrupt and has been proven to be corrupt, 85% of the correctional officers there are black. We are helping to kill our own people in a genocide. It's so hard today to know who is friend and foe. You really have to start judging them by their actions and their character because the person you think is your brother could literally be aiming his gun at your forehead to kill you we certainly had to start questioning our family members because these people are members of somebody's families that's somebody's son that's somebody's daughter out there you know throwing haymakers and beating a defense of this black man they were raised you know they have you know these are people they belong to a community you you've probably seen them you know, at your family reunion or something like that and whatnot. And and we just, you know, ignore what they're doing. Just ignore. We don't confront them at all. We don't have the church is not uh, bringing this up with any members of law enforcement or military. Or private security firm or anything that they're not bringing this up with them and telling them that it is their their duty to uphold true law and justice, you know. And not to participate 
and all of this evil and preying upon people, regardless of their creed, color or religion or gender or whatever. This is incorrect behavior. We don't even have to frame it in racial terms. This is just it because we can't really. I mean, we can when, you know, for those who are really, really studying the system at that depth. But for the masses, you know, it's hard to make that argument. And indeed, the enemy knows that. And that is why racial showcasing is such a a a, 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 a valuable tool that they use. It's a potent weapon. What can you say? Damn, that's a diverse group of uh, a diverse platoon of NYPD gang members. They're certainly practicing diversity. So what you going to say? It can't be racist. Well, then what is it then? What else is it? That's that other excuse they use, like when they say you got a black president, everything's okay. They'll also say, look, there were pl black cops who did that. The black cop killed him. The black cop was standing right there when it happened. So apparently it was okay with him. And well, Max, Max, hold on, because I, I, I got to go right to this break, and then yes, we'll sir. come back. You finish up. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. 